It's Monday, July 5th, and something really cool happened in the Commonwealth. We have Vicki and Paul from Charlotte to talk about it. Welcome to Eat It, Virginia. Hello and welcome to Eat It, Virginia, voted second best podcast in the city of Richmond. My name is Scott Wise, and I am joined, as always, by my friend, my friend, Roby Martin. Happy 4th of July, Roby. Happy 5th of July, Roby. 5th of July. Yes. Okay. Hair check. Hair how's check. Our, how's our third co-host? Your hair looks beautiful right now. Not my hair. How's our third co-host? Let my, me hair, see my hair is always perfect. What, what can I say? <laughs> How was your Independence Day? It's still going. We um we spent it at the Salamander in Middleburg. It's beautiful. Nice little resort. We did some wine tasting, popped into Bluemont Vineyards, hit the chrysalis, did a little hiking. Did you partake in the newly minted law that Virginia just passed that allows you to possibly possess one ounce of marijuana in private? Absolutely. Yep. In private, on my person, all one ounces of it. All the, I, I started on July the 1st. It's the 5th. We finished the ounce. That's very nice. So this is the focus of today's podcast. Paul and Nikki from Charlotte's Southern Deli and Tapas. We put out a call on social media asking local... Oh, I just punched my mic. We, <laughs> you got so excited about the call on social media. We put out a call on social media asking local chefs, restaurateurs who might have experience with cooking with marijuana to come on the podcast and talk about it. We heard from a plethora of people from all across the region who are interested in sharing their stories with us. We chose Paul and Nikki and they did not disappoint. Um, But we did have this conversation because obviously it is legal in Virginia under Virginia law and you are allowed to have up to four plants per household and you are allowed to have uh, one ounce on your person in private. And with that, there are things you can do in your kitchen uh, with, with marijuana. And um, some people don't like to smoke. They'd rather ingest it other ways. So I love the idea. If my mother is listening to this, this is completely all a lie. I love the idea of a pot dinner. I think that sounds great. All weirdly infused stuff. I like, the, I mean, they, they're taking it a lot further than that, allegedly. Um, and they're going to go into even more weed-related stuff. And I, I'm, I'm, as the kids say, I'm here for it. Scott, what happened on July the 1st? Hundreds, maybe perhaps thousands of new laws took effect in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Do you have a favorite among those new <laughs> laws, Ruben? Can Can I say it's a favorite? Allegedly, I'm going to say it's my favorite. So guess who we have with us today? We have professional chefs, and maybe they know a little bit about pot, weed, marijuana. Welcome to the show, guys. It's Charlotte's Southern Deli and Tapas. Hi, hi, hi. We got Nikki and Paul. What up? What up? Obviously, Roby and I, we usually schedule our podcast guests weeks, maybe months in advance. I mean, this is like a tough ticket to get on this podcast, guys. But knowing that, well, July 1st was this huge day in the Commonwealth of Virginia, we decided- Thousands of laws, he says. We decided to throw a curveball, put the, we cast a wide net for folks that could come on the podcast and speak with us about cooking with marijuana. 
Nikki and Paul responded, actually Nikki responded and said they would be more than happy to come on and, and share their wealth of knowledge with us. How are you guys doing? Great. How are y'all? I'm so happy to see you all. I feel like you were my last, I mean, like, I think you guys were my last brunch before the pandemic. I you were really last at your restaurant like, in January of 2020. That's wild. And I really Ooh. like seeing your faces, even though I couldn't get Scott to go to your for some reason, Scott would not go to your restaurant today, and I'm dying for one of those blue drinks. Maybe that's why, because he doesn't want me to drink. <laughs> it's been pretty good over here. Um, our Juneteenth event was very successful. Um, we had over 200 people, so that was good. Um, but yeah, so we've been looking into getting into doing meals with, or I guess you would call them edibles, basically. Yeah, I guess they will probably classify it as edibles. But we're looking to towards more of the savory side, maybe some courses involved. Right, because people always associate edibles with like brownies or cookies or something sweet. And me being a person that doesn't necessarily like sweets that much, um, I prefer to have it in like my meals. Let's back up a little, a couple steps here. So as you mentioned, uh, people usually associate edibles with brownies or gummies or cookies or things like that. You said you've been doing a lot of research into this area. So what have you learned? Um, things I've learned over time is that um, all things are not created equal and you cannot make edibles out of everything. Um, a lot of people think you can. You cannot make them out of every strain. You will use some strains and it will be completely useless. You'll have duds. Those are when you come across people who are like, oh, I had edibles, but I didn't get high because it probably wasn't good anymore or some processed it wrong because you have to process it a certain type of way to like get the chemicals released um but we've you know you look towards the other methods which are like tinctures when you can like pull all the components out of the plant with just base plain alcohol and then like you push into the oils and everything else along that realm so um, these things are a little less to taste like a plant inside your cookie. Right, because the traditional way that most people make edibles is, is with butter. And like, so what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to, what is the term called when you're like- Decarb. Thank you, thank you. She answered that question really fast, by the way. Roby answered that question <laughs> really fast. I mean- I've decarbed in my day. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe easy should, over there. Maybe I should be interviewing, maybe I should be interviewing Roby about this. Maybe it, easy over right. there, Paul. The wrong people. <laughs> All right, so we got a decarbonate. Yeah. yeah. No, but no, that's exactly right. So, like, people don't even know about the decarb process. They think that sometimes you can just take the weed and put it in the butter and steep it that way. And like, no, you have to do all these. It's and then it's a very meticulous because if you do it too high it'll burn. And then if you don't do it high enough, it doesn't do anything. So, um, so that's where it can get tricky and finicky, you know, when it comes to people trying to make them like in their homes and stuff. Explain to me what decarb is and, and what exactly you mean by that? Cause I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, so when you traditionally smoke the plant, um, it activates all the chemical comp components once it hits a certain temperature. So since you're not putting fire to it anymore, you need to bring the plant up to a certain temperature to open up the rest of the chemical strength. 
So that's pretty much what it does. It just makes it work like it would as if you were lighting it with fire. And how does one do that? Like, what exactly is the process? Um, you bake it pretty low, like just you can put, literally put it in the oven. You can like bake it very low for like maybe thirty minutes, mm -hmm. and like make sure you don't have oven. a fan on. A yeah, fan no fan. My God, need. no fan. No convection ovens. It'll blow away. <laughs> what am I baking for thirty minutes at? Am I am I baking the marijuana that I might have seen in my in my college fraternity house, low many years ago? Or my what am I baking? An actual. What am I baking? Pulling it apart like you're going to put it places. You're placing it on a baking sheet. You're sticking it in the oven. You're hoping that your oven stays at 220, 225 because if it gets higher, then it's not going to do anything. If it gets lower, then it's not going to do anything. It's a real, it's a real, real meticulous process, like Nikki said. So how is it like, they, I, so with the decard process aside, there's so many, as you were talking, Paul, there's so many different types of strains. How is it that you... Do you taste it after you decarb it to see where the pungency level is going to be so you can figure out whether you're going to add it? Like, you don't want real pungent with lobster. They're usually actually pretty prominent beforehand. So you can get all your flavor profiles and match it from beforehand, and they will stay the same because just of, you know, chemistry and how that works. But um, it's... It's more of looking along the lines of, you know, some things are uplifting, some things are so you can relax and like actually just de-stress and some things are for you to get up and go in the morning. And that's the cool thing about disp like dispensaries, because like you don't have to worry about the you randomness. Know, your, your drug dealer just got this weed and it's just a random name and you're just like, what is this? And like. And I'm not saying like my personal drug dealer is that she's very informative and knows what she's getting, but everybody's drug dealer doesn't know what they're getting. And so when you go to a dispensary, you can sometimes figure out what you need to, what you need that product to do for you. Like for me, I'm a person that needs it for my physical body because I'm tired and like my shoulder hurts. So I get things that are more mellow, you know? you know, physical mellow. Yeah, um, me, I have very high anxiety and I deal with borderline personality disorder a lot. So I need to reel it in and I need to focus because I can be all over the place in the morning and it's kind of rough. Like I will find myself doing 20 things at the same time. And that's not an exaggeration. He will start 20 projects at one time. So let's walk through menu planning. So you get like, let's say you got a strain of it, like indica, maybe you got some, I don't know, I'm naming, I'm making stuff up, blue, jello, I don't know what names of weed are, but like, <laughs> let's say you got three or four strains of pot, weed, marijuana, whatever we're calling it right now, the allegedly legal situation that we have for July the 1st. How do you, or how will you, when you guys get to this process, plan a menu? Okay, so the way Paul and I like to do it is um, we, we like to kind of allow the customer or the person to control how high they want to be. So like we'll probably put like one thing in one of the entrees and then kind of do like a sauce situation. So you can control 
you can have more control over it because if you just put everyone's weed in everything, say it again. I said everyone's tolerance is different. Yeah, so that's control. another thing too. Like if you were to have a party, you know, you don't want to, everyone's level is not the same, that everyone's tolerance isn't the same. So you don't want to, you know, kill people or just have people slumped in your restaurant. <laughs> like I need you all to leave. <laughs> you would like people to get the hell out of your house at some point. Right. So, you know, and then that way they can, um, so like we're planning a menu, like we'd probably put it very light, you know, find a strain that had probably like lighter notes, you know, to get the party started. And then, you know, second course, maybe have something a little with more oomph in it. And then you can control how you would put it on. Like if you wanted more sauce, then you could get higher by just having more sauce. Like, um, you know, when we did, I did a little brunch for my friend one time and um, we had it in like the jelly. We put it in the shrimp part of the mm -hmm. shrimp and grits. And then I think we made like an aioli for like some chicken that we had. And, yeah, you know, you just, <laughs> and yeah, and then I think we put it in like the syrup or something, just something where like people can control it. Like if you, if you're trying to get very high, you can be the boss of that, you know? Cause we don't, you don't want to like overdose anyone either. I got two things okay. to, to bring up. One, Roby, I think I know why our brunch last time we were there was so freaking good. I think I'm starting to figure uh, it out. It wasn't legal then. It certainly was I'm not. Put, put it was certainly together. not that. <laughs> certainly not. No, Two. it was just delicious. It, it was. It was. Two, you are not allowed right now in Virginia to sell marijuana, nor are you allowed to buy marijuana. So what, what, you're, what you're talking about is not something you're serving or selling at your restaurant currently you are talking about the possibility in the future as the laws change over the years. Um, you're, you're planning ahead basically is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So hopefully by, so like we were talking about before we started, it, it feels like they just gave us the key to the gate and not to the house. So like, you know, I was actually, we were looking into it a couple of days ago and um, it's like, so you can put CBD in food, but you have to check with the FDA to make sure that it's not something that can't go in food. And then it's really tricky. I think it's 0.3, it's 0.03% THC. I think it's the FDA right now. So like it can't have that. It has to lean towards the CBD side. Yeah, if you wanna do it currently. And so hopefully they'll, you know, it feels like they just jumped ahead without getting all they the did. planning done. <laughs> you did. know what I'm saying? Because like now everybody like just thinks that we can do whatever now, but it's like, okay, but you know, we still need to talk to the health department. What are they okay with? You need to talk to the FDA, like what, and, and it's crazy because like there's, um, what Paul was talking about earlier with the technically it's Delta eight, not Delta nine. So you I want to walk know. through that. So yeah, I think that's something we should clarify. So the farm bill in 2018 made it legal to have 0.03% or less in what's considered hemp or CBD. Uh, so that's why people are selling CBD and that's why you can see it everywhere. Somehow the Delta eight strain made it through that specific farm bill. 
Now, Paul, explain that to me and what the difference is between Delta 8 and Delta 9. Um, Delta 9 is definitely way more potent. Um, it's things you would associate with, I like to call it like couch potato weed. Like it's the things that will have you slump. But when you look at Delta 8, it's a, um, it's a less severe form of THC because there's like thousands of cannabinoids and thousands of types of THC in like the one plant. And you can pull this from cannabis or hemp. Um, so um, the Delta 8 can be a little gentler and you can be really specific with it for what you want to use it for. And like, it's it's really made so you can, if you need to treat yourself or whatever, it's made so you can get up and do things still. And that's what I was saying with like the randomness of like a Delta nine, like that's that stuff is strong. Like that's not really for like, I guess the best way to compare it is like, it's not really for someone that wants to smoke, let's say once a year because it's gonna be way too much for you. It'll be way too intense. I almost feel like that's when people were like, when they were younger and they had bad experiences with weed, I think now that it explains it because it's a type of THC it is. It's just extremely strong. But then um, everything about marijuana is not about THC levels. You can still get what you need and the THC be very low actually. It's about what everything else is doing in the plant itself of the strain that you have. Some of the better strains out here have lower THC than like things that people would deem the best. Interesting. So, the, so is the difference between Delta eight and Delta nine is one is hemp and one is marijuana, or I don't really or pot. The same plant. Okay. Because they're in the same family, so it's just a matter of how you get to that component. Oh. Yeah, it all it all exists in the same plant. It's just how strong is it? It's essentially, what it is. So you know, eventually you'll get these strains and you breed them because you know I garden all the damn time. So um, you get the strains and you'll just eventually turn it into something with less THC in it. Well, something with a less potent form of THC, I guess the way I want to explain it. That's a better way to explain it. It's a less potent form of it. So um, you'll get that and you'll, you know, you breed your hemp plants to the point that it makes that opposed to making the other, um, to making like Delta 9 THC. And that's kind of like how you can finesse it through the farm bill because you were allowed to grow these things. Like, and you can just pull it from hemp. I want to provide our listeners with some news they can use. So let's, let's say hypothetically, uh, they have never cooked with marijuana before. They're excited, it's July 1st. They can now be, legally be gifted an ounce of marijuana um, and they can have it in their home, uh, not out in public, but in their home. And they want, and they want, they don't want to smoke it necessarily because you know they're concerned about maybe their lungs or whatever. But they want to ingest it. How would you suggest the novice marijuana user, the first-time baker? What do you suggest they do, and and how and how would they go about doing it? I think the easiest way, if you physically got flour, um, I would, I would make it out of coconut oil. So first, we would start with the decarb process. Um, that we talked about, do that no more than 30 minutes. And then the way I do it at my house is I put it in a mason jar and then I put the either, it depends on what, I, what I'm what i making. Like, so let's say we're making cinnamon buns. 
So I, I would put two sticks of butter in each mason jar and then um, the, split the wheat up and put it in there. And then I put it in my crock pot and leave it on low and let it go overnight. And then the next morning you'll have uh, the special butter and then strain it out and let it cool down and use it appropriately. You know, it's so funny. When I, when I first heard about pot, pot brownies, I just assumed people just took like the, the weed and, put and just it like shaved oh it, shaved it over on top. That's how it used to be. Like a garnish. That is how it used to be. Oh, that so they, so maybe that's how I first heard about it then. But you gotta, you gotta remember, you gotta remember back in the day before weed was like super illegal, people were growing outside. So the strains weren't strong. Okay. The thing that they backfired with, with, um, with the war on drugs is that they actually made weed stronger because everyone moved the stuff inside and had more control. God, I feel like we don't know anything about pot, guys, listening to you two. I mean, seriously, I feel like no one knows all this stuff and they should because you should, just like you all said, you should not make things legal in Virginia without much more knowledge. Yeah, and it, it's funny because I was looking into, um, you know, what it is that we need to do to legitimize um, selling edibles. And like, when you look it up, there's like no information. Like they just started putting up information for like people that want to sell or so like, I guess the, you would be like uh, a manufacturer or like a um, dealer, but you wouldn't even technically be a dealer because you're not selling like actual items, you're just selling something that's going to be consumed within your restaurant. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's a technicality that they still need to figure out, you know, like it's just, it's like a lot of loopholes still going on. And it's like, it's frustrating because like, I just, we just want a direct answer. Like, can I do this? Yeah, doing the research is very complicated, like, because nothing's written. You're right. They right. just don't have like, the everything is still The state had... I think on J July 1st, along with illegalization, came the creation of the, the cannabis board, right? The Basically the Virginia ABC of marijuana. So they, they legally couldn't start any of this until July 1st, which was the day that mm -hmm. it became legal. So this is all kind of unfolding in real time here. Seems like a recipe for a disaster for me because unfolding in real time with no regulations or it seems, you know, it's like you can just say, oh, you're doing this wrong. Here's a lot of ramifications for that when, how would you even know? Are there restaurants around the country in states like Colorado or perhaps California that are a couple of years ahead of us on this that are doing what you one day hope to be doing? Um, I think it's really prevalent in like the private chef industry in the states that have it because it's, it's a little less technical when you do it at the private chef. You can, go, you can go into someone's home. You can prepare a meal for them at their house. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not out in public. Ruby, you were- You can store it on a small scale. You were nodding your head, Ruby. Are you aware of restaurants? Uh, so, sure. Like, interestingly enough, they wrote an article um, in Vogue about a Los Angeles chef who had, mm. does tasting menus. Um, she does, I mean, there's like some the odd, it was in 2017 they wrote the article or 2016 or something. You probably um, think about the first time about too. Drummer? Um, but probably, I'm sure. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's who um, I know about too. That's the same person. It's Aunt Andrea, Aunt, I, Andy. Yeah, I don't Andrea, know. Drummer or drumming or something like that. I got a um, different name, but that's exactly who I'm talking about. So she does. Um, I guess I don't know. I, some sort of menu that she does. There's a, it does. It's like a. You have to sign up for the waiting list so she can. She knows who it is, who's coming. I, like it's it's some wild stuff, but yeah, that's. So it's been being done for a little bit in the states. But, oh yeah, um, it's definitely being done. It's the question is, is it being done legally? Well, I'm <laughs> sure hers is. I'm not sure. She lives in a different yeah, state. Is, in Virginia, state she's in. Yeah, in Virginia, a lot of people are doing it illegally. Right. Technically. So what would it take for a restaurant to, to, I mean, obviously the laws have to change first and we understand mm -hmm. that, but would a restaurant, God, there's so many questions. So <laughs> right. explain to us, you, know, you kind of outlined to me over email, Nikki, like what your, what your big game plan is. Is that something you feel comfortable talking about on, on the podcast? Yeah, with yeah, us? yeah, of course. So, um, yeah, that's several years down the road. We can talk about that. <laughs> right. I know that, um, us personally, at least to, at, at the beginning, we would do it so that, you know, we would probably have a waiver, make sure everybody that's in attendance knows what's going on, you know, because the thing is, you don't want to drug anybody without them knowing, like, because that's, that's crazy. That's a whole different situation. And, you know, we would probably, yeah, and we would probably do them as like a tasting course. Because like I was telling you, um, we want to venture into um, like a bed and breakfast situation, but like kind of a weed one like they have out in um, Denver. So, you know, we would, we would ease into it. So we would start off probably like just hosting like dinners and then seeing what grows with that and who is interested and then go from there to start at least. That's how I would. That's how we're going to do it. <laughs> so what would make it a bed and breakfast? You just want them to spend the night so they're not driving because after they do dinner with oh. you all, that would be the best idea. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we would want it. We actually kind of want it to be a whole event space. Um, we want it to be a bed and breakfast. We talked about putting like a little baby Izakaya in it and then um also it being like a wedding venue essentially so just kind of like one of those one-stop shops and you can you know, also treat it like, like a regular one with none of the other stuff too right 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 it's an um, add-on a bonus feature right basically yeah it's an add-on it's an amenity there we go <laughs> that's, <the laughs> that's <word>. good <laughs> so yeah that's we good. just we um yeah so that's what we're moving towards next hopefully it'll be in our five-year plan um, and by 2024, um, they should have a little more figured out by then so that we can move forward with it. So how do you price something like that? Like, do you have like um, a ribeye with pot butter and it is an add-on of an additional $30? Like, like what, is, what is it like? Like, what is the pricing? Well, I don't know, but it sounds like you know what you're talking about because that's very <laughs> close to how I would do it. I would mm -hmm. equate it to I would equate it to how much a singular person would spend on what they would want and add that to the value of the food. Right. So basically what we would do is we would get the dope like it's the same way you would food cost. Basically, you would see how yeah, much you just treat it as an ingredient now. 
Yeah, you see how much it costs for the entire thing. You put your dosage in it, and then you price out how much a dosage is, and do it that way. What if someone orders extra sauce on the sauce on the side? You know? No. Uh, yeah. 10, <laughs> 10, 15 more dollars. All that's right, fine. That's it. All right. <laughs> so, so wait. Let's walk. So let's walk. Allegedly, let's walk through retail pot costs right now. I know in the streets they're like three three hundred. Is that right? I always get them. Depends on what you're getting because marijuana has been tiered off a lot now. So you can buy different right. tiers of things. Yeah. Did you guys know that? There's like, there's levels to this. Like you can get really like, what do they call it? Um, I think it's designer now. Designer I think weed. That's what it is. It's designer weed. So it's like really potent. And it's like, so you'll buy, <laughs> oh my gosh, you'll get an eighth for like $80. That's so expensive. Like, what is that? I can't afford that. You know? Wow. Yeah, that is that is some seriously, that's like the Louis Vuitton of pot. Like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> right, so right. Like, There's what? so much effort put into it. <laughs> I just Googled your question, Roby. And this random website that looks legitimate tells me that good stuff weed.com costs, costs 365 an ounce. Yeah. Like stuff costs 311. In the 300s, <laughs> let's say. Per ounce. Yeah. Okay. So if they regulate it similar, let's just say Virginia ABC regulates it the same way that they regulate, I mean, ABC, Virginia Cannabis Board regulates it the same way they regulate ABC, which means you have to go and buy it the same way that any retail individual would buy their retail alcohol. So that yeah. is how, how much would you say you would use of that ounce? I'm breaking down your pot costs for food. How much would you say of that ounce you would use for a dinner to, to mm. people eating? If you're doing butter, um, you would probably take that amount and you could probably get like four or five pounds of butter. And then depending on like what you're making, you would probably put like about a tablespoon in there. You know what I'm saying? Because you're not using a whole heap of butter to make it. Yeah, that, would, yeah, that tablespoon would probably cover both people all together. Yeah. Because One it's more of a, you got to get the item and process it and treat it like an ingredient. Opposed yeah. to just having a bunch of weed laying around. Like you need and to turn I, it to the things it needs to be. Yeah, because I learned that the hard way. I <laughs> was trying to treat Paul and I to an edible brunch because we had worked so hard one weekend and I put entirely too much in it for two people. I want to say I all together, I probably used like five tablespoons and that was too much. That was too much, too much. I felt <laughs> too much. But yeah, so probably per person, it would probably be like range between and you know, you would want to find out their tolerance, like how long they were smoking. Like, you know, just because you've been smoking a long time doesn't mean you've been smoking good stuff for a long time. So your tolerance may not be as high as the next person. So you know, the older folks that say they could never smoke the stuff like someone right now smokes. And that's even like the regular grade stuff. Like uh, older people will say it's way too strong. Right. right. Which right. is also why older people are leaning towards the Delta 8 because it's gentler on them. Right. <laughs> But yeah, so probably about like two tablespoons per person per meal. And so, how does it affect the flavors? Because uh, you can you can taste the marijuana um, butter, 
but you don't necessarily want to. I mean, the point is not the flavor, I'm guessing. The point yeah. is the feeling that it gives you. So well, you now know? you can get down to, um, go ahead. Oh, I, well, I was just going to say, that's what Paul and I have been working on. Like, you know, everybody just makes like a cake brownie mix and then just puts a weed in it. And then they put, so what people normally do is they just replace all the butter that goes into a recipe with um, weed butter. And when you do that, obviously you're going to have a stronger taste of weed in your food. Um, but Paul and I don't necessarily like that taste. So if I was making like a brownie, I would probably put like more chocolate or more peanut butter in it or something heavy that could cover up the taste. Now, it's a little easier when you make savory food. Like I made a pot of gumbo one time. And yeah, it's not so many you know, contrasting it, flavors. Right. And so it just kind of tasted like an herb in it. And so, and that's what Paul was talking about earlier when he was talking about like when you smell it um, and when you're getting information on it, like if it has like citrus notes or like more of an earthy tone, you might want to make it with something with beets or something like that. Like you just, some strings literally smell like fuel. Then you might not want to use something like that. <laughs> I've, right. I've, I've literally read information on strains and fuel is one of the descriptors of a scent that's terrible yeah yeah so you know when people say I've, we got gas they literally mean it's gas because <laughs> it smells like <laughs> yeah and we found our soundbite for the podcast thank you paul oh, that's so great <laughs> so let's talk about that gumbo because I, I, i'm a big fan of gumbo so how i mean I, the brownie stuff i can conceptualize Mm -hmm. gumbo like so you're making the roux out of it is that what you're like what's the gumbo yeah i i make a roux out of it or you can <laughs> yeah make a roux out of it or um i actually made it more than once or you can just like kind of um rice. you can like salt yeah yeah That's what put you it did. In the yeah rice with the so you like treated the, the um treated the butter like buttering the rice with it so the amount of butter you would use in a brownie is obviously different than the amount you would use in your gumbo rice. And that's just like trial and error? Are you Googling? Or it's trial and error, but you know, baking is very exact. So you have to really be exact with baking. Right. So like when I, when I make cinnamon buns, I don't want to mess up the dough because I'm not the, I'm, I'm good at baking, but I'm not, I don't know how to fix things with other components like that. So when I make cinnamon buns, I leave the dough, the regular recipe. And then when I incorporate it, I put it on the butter that you put um, to make the cinnamon sugar mix stick. And then I put it in the frosting. You know what I'm saying? So like it, it won't get, you also won't get that heavy marijuana taste with it. So like I also put orange zest or like citrus in my cream cheese frosting so that Again, you don't get that like weed taste. You know, you just, yeah, you want to use things that can cover it up sometimes if you don't have the best tasting butter. Are there any other drinks that, that you guys have experimented with or would recommend to our listeners to try if, if that's the, I do not what they'd recommend rather do? Tea with butter. Yeah, <laughs> I, can tell you, I can tell you that's not what you want. Oh my gosh. That ain't so, it. That ain't it. If you if you're the type of person that leaves like, your coffee I feel like cup the, around, that, that, that there's a story here. What's the what's the story, Paul? <laughs> oh no, it's just, it's just gross. Your tea gets cold <laughs> and butter yeah. solidifies. Okay. If you're the type of person that leaves your coffee cup lying around and then you come back to it, weed tea is not the way to go. What'll happen is that butter will solidify in there, and it gets honey, and then. Mm. 
trying to drink butter that is the most disgusting thing that's crazy yeah. so, so is there there's a lot of products nowadays they have um water soluble things nowadays they have tinctures which are just like essentially extracts and you can just rip drop that in there and like that doesn't affect things like that so that's something you will push towards using in liquids opposed to using fats what do you say roby should we cook this i weekend? i i am all for wheat tea <laughs> so, how, so how would you make it if you uh without the butter like how would you how would you go about it oh i put it in my honey, honey. Oh, yeah, honey. There you go. honey's a good carrier for things or maybe in your olive oil if you were having bread that's a good place to, to put a little bit of um your decarbed uh mm -hmm. i don't know i actually don't know i've never done it before <laughs> <laughs> right awesome she said right well, it is 4:20 on the East Coast, and I think that's a good a good time to maybe uh, get our final thoughts in. Nikki, what are your final thoughts on this historic week in the Commonwealth when it comes to all the laws, specifically the marijuana law? Well, I think we're headed in the right direction, most definitely, um, but we still got a lot to work on. They definitely need to have more clarification, straight up. Go ahead and deal with those light offenders who do not need to be in prison anymore. Mm -hmm. That's a big thing. Because that's part of the reason they said they pushed it early, um, push it up earlier to deal with that. So that is the main reason, I believe. I mean, that was the that's supposed the to go into. It was supposed to go. In. So y'all push on that too. So what is it that we actually should be calling it? What it, what is the right word? I don't know. It depends on who you're talking to. <laughs> is, it not is it not just marijuana? I don't understand. I don't understand where this mm -hmm. is coming to play. Not another. Too many bad implications with the word marijuana. I'd like to do what, so what are we calling it? Flower. It depends. Flower. Yeah. They're calling it flower in the dispensaries. Yeah, so flower is a real good go-to. Um, yeah. So let's start there. You're talking with Paul and Nikki Gregory about flower on Eat It Virginia with Roby and Scott. First of all, thank you, Paul and Nikki, for coming on the podcast so last minute. Uh, we appreciate that very much. Roby, what did you learn from them? I mean, I feel like everything that I said needs to be fact-checked <laughs> against uh, Same. Wikipedia or whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they I'm glad they responded to our, our, our call on social media because they know what they're talking about. I've got no idea. Seriously, like, what is it? Like, I really think that Virginia needs to put out like a FAQ on pot like is it 0 0.03 is it 0.3 is it um you can have delta nine you can have delta eight can you have all of the the numbers like what is like what is the thing well I'll, i mentioned this earlier but i'll say it again we had more than one person respond to uh, our call for experts on this so perhaps we can sprinkle some other some local weed chefs, enthusiasts some in? other local chefs and bakers into the podcast over the next couple of months as as things become clearer hopefully in the state and state law becomes more clear and people might have more options of what they can do in the kitchen with this new legal ingredient. It's too confusing to me. And I don't like smoking anything either. So I need to know more. So, hey, Scott, how do you make your pot brownies? With love. This episode of Eat It Virginia. <laughs> Eat It Virginia? <laughs> This episode of Eat It Virginia. <laughs>
Oh, God, no.